What is up, everyone? Welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas on the Man Sports Talk Network. Primetime, as always, brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We will discuss them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. As always, check out FreemanMazda.net. And on tonight's show, we will talk about one area Dak Prescott can improve upon and the Cowboys offense. Because this might not be entirely on Dak Prescott, even though, you know, the stat is directly related to, to him. But we will discuss whether or not he's the only one to blame on the Cowboys offense for that. Later on the show, we'll talk some Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamp and an interesting take that's floating around the internet. And we'll close things out with the One Cool Thing segment as we do every Wednesday night. What is up, everyone? Danny Savage, Gregory Craig over at Facebook. Today marked the first OTA practice session to which the press was allowed to actually enter. And we learned a lot about the Dallas Cowboys on that front. Uh, we learned a little bit about some injuries. Gregory uh, mentioned Tyron Smith's back, I believe. No, it was Danny Savage saying Tyron's back, uh, Tyron's back acting up already, telling you offensive line is going to, let's say, uh, mess up. Let's, tran let, let's translate Danny Savage's words here. Tyron Smith dealing with some back issues. Jalen Tolbert also uh, working to the side. James Washington also dealing with an injury. And of course, it's May. And we know that the Cowboys will not really hurry the, the rehab process for any of these players early in the offseason. Nor should they, in my opinion. So... I wouldn't sound the alarms on pretty much anything so far, but still some pretty interesting things that we learned about on the Cowboys' first OTA session that was open to the media. If there's something that to you was the most interesting thing, let us know in the chat what was it that caught your attention during today's OTA press moments. Mike McCarthy talked to the media, and one of my favorite moments, and we'll talk about it, was Dak Prescott discussing CeeDee Lamb and moving the locker room for, for CeeDee Lamb closer to his own. Oh, actually, directly next to his locker room. And Dak Prescott talked about it, and he said he's, he's the guy. And hopefully we play together in the long run. He's a young receiver. He's looking up to be the Cowboys' number one receiver. So that was a cool moment during today's news cycle that we entered Mike McCarthy giving Isaac some love. Isaac Alarcon saying that he has been a steady arrow pointing up. An arrow uh, pointing steadily up and talking about his improvement there. So some, some interesting stuff. Uh, Tyler Smith working with the second team. That should come as no surprise, though. Connor McGovern getting the first team reps in the meantime. Danny Savage says Matt Farnack was playing left tackle. I actually missed that. I, I actually missed that. Josh Ball was working as the as the first team left tackle while Tyron Smith was dealing with the injury. He was pulled after a, a penalty as the Cowboys try to emphasize cleaning up stuff as, after being one of the NFL leaders in penalty yards against. Joaquin says, with our starting with our 
starting front line. What you that do, guys, really? This is Joaquin. I, I got a little bit lost there. Um, I don't know what Joaquin exactly uh, meant exactly there, but I'm guessing, you know, offensive line concerns. And those are very understandable. Big question mark at left guard. Injury concerns at left tackle. As long as Tyron Smith remains healthy, which that's a big if. That's a huge if, actually. I, I'm not that concerned about the offensive line. The thing is, it's difficult to count on Tyron Smith uh, remaining healthy for 17 regular season games. That's a, that's a tough ask for the veteran. Joaquin says they're not protecting him very good. Talking about Dak Prescott there. Uh, Danny actually shares the sentiment. He says Dak is going to be running for his life. Toxic Tom says, Mo, do you see Ryan Null, though? Sick and Pollard, who? And I remembered Jerry Jones' famous sick who right there. And talking about Dak Prescott running for his life or talking about Dak Prescott in pressure moments, let's talk about one area that he needs to improve upon. And I'm, I was actually not looking for, you know, an opinion out of an article that I opened up this morning, but I was massively surprised at where Dak Prescott ranked in a particular stat. And this is from Pro Football Focus. This is an article in which they were trying to find who were the quarterbacks that checked down the most. And Dak Prescott for a long time has been criticized by a lot of haters saying that, oh, Dak is captain check down and all of that. That's what you get uh, with a lot of quarterbacks in a lot of fan bases, actually. And there's always been this argument about whether or not Dak Prescott relies too much on checkdowns. A lot of that has been attacked with evidence of Dak Prescott actually being a pretty good deep passer in the NFL, ranking among some of the best in EPA per play when throwing the ball 20 yards down the field, for example, and stats of the sort. But I was surprised at these numbers by PFF, and they're looking at stats from both 2020 and 2021. These are the stats for, you know, every down. The top 15 highest checkdown rates in the NFL, according to PFF. Now, some of these are not surprising Trevor Lawrence at number one for example you know he's a rookie that offense was a little bit of a disaster so him having a, an 11.3 checkdown rate not really that much of a surprise names like Gardner Minshew Matt Ryan who was working with a bad bad offensive line uh, Taylor Haneke from Washington who was also running for his life consistently Ryan Tannehill not known as a deep passer in the NFL Dak Prescott overall ranks 15th in checkdown rates. And I actually do not hate that number. I think that because you don't want to be too low on checkdowns either. Because if you rank 32nd in the NFL in checkdown rate, that means you're trying to be a hero and not being smart with the football. So Dak Prescott ranking 15th in the NFL in highest checkdown rate for all downs. I don't hate it. I don't think that's a big deal at all. But where things get interesting is when you move on and actually check out the check down rates for third down specifically. And this is where I was massively surprised because according to this PFF study, Dak Prescott on third down, the money down, where you are not as likely 
to want to throw that check down because you want to be more aggressive because if we may be so dramatic, there's no tomorrow. Dak Prescott was actually seventh in the NFL on third down with the highest check down rate. And if you're surprised by names like Philip Rivers, remember, this is taking data from the last two years. Dak Prescott seventh in the NFL in check down rate when it comes to third down. That was surprising to me, to be honest. And Deshaun Watson is there at number eight. But let me know in the chat, what do you think about this? Is Dak Prescott being seventh on this list surprising or unsurprising to you specifically? Are you surprised or not surprised about Prescott being seventh on the NFL on third down check down rate? If this is the first time you're hearing about this, because honestly, I will say I was massively surprised. But while you give me your answers, and well, I already gave you mine, actually, spoiler alert. Let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because the ride of the week is the new 2022 Mazda CX-5. But we're going to focus tonight on the select package. It starts at 29000 $125, and it comes with remarkable features. All-wheel drive, adaptive cruise control, Wi-Fi hotspot, super useful feature, and one that I cannot get over, uh, over with. Uh, Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto, lane keeping assist, all of this you can get on the CX-5 with the select package. Check out FreemanMazda.net so you can check the interior pictures, the outside pictures, plus every possible possible package that you can get. Freeman Mazda, a family-owned business for over 65 years. So you get A-plus customer service plus a wide range of new Mazda vehicles. Once more, that is FreemanMazda.net. Let's see some of your answers here. Kenneth Fraser goes with surprised. Craig says not surprised. Joe says for me at seven is about right. Who is above him? I cannot read it. It's toxic, Tom. We'll, we'll dive into that in just a few moments. Unsurprising, Mitesh says about right. I am surprised. <laughs> Todd Cook straight up asking, Craig, why do you hate Dak so much? <laughs> Peter Rizzo goes with surprised as well. Listen, I I'm pretty surprised at this. Now, something that I believe we need to point out Mason Rudolph is at number one with a very, very low sample size at 34 dropbacks, according to PFF. Teddy Bridgewater coming in at 281, but Teddy Bridgewater, we know that about him. We know that he truly is one of those captain check down kind of quarterbacks. All right, let's block this user here over on YouTube. Damn bots can invade a stream out of nowhere. But we, we, we took care of that. Taylor Heineke, a 10% check down rate on third down. And then you got names like Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, Philip Rivers. And then you get to Dak Prescott. And then you get to Deshaun Watson, which is equally surprising. Gardner Minshew, Mike Lennon, Trevor Lawrence, all of those are not really surprising though. And as I said, you, you, you want to be on the sweet spot, right? Because... Because you, you can get basically on the same amount of trouble if you are not checking the ball at all 
on even on third down, you don't want to play hero ball out there on the football field. You want to be smart with the football. And if the play is not there, it's not there. But here's my question. And as I said, I am all for Dak Prescott. I believe this is the long-term quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. I believe he should be. I believe that, yes, the Cowboys could end up getting to an NFC Championship game with Dak. Dak is not going to keep them from doing that. He might not carry them by his own on his back. But then again, not many quarterbacks do in the NFL. So I believe Dak Prescott is the guy. But if there's one area that you would want him to improve on is this. Maybe be a little bit more aggressive with the football on third down specifically. But I will say this. You can, you can see only two players on this list are at over 200. And that's Teddy Bridgewater and Dak Prescott. And Matt Ryan, excuse me, at 13. So make that three quarterbacks overall. And I do believe this might have to do with a problematic that we discussed last season that in which the Cowboys were forcing themselves into a lot of third and long situations with high first and second down run rates, with screen passes, with all of that. The Cowboys were maybe a little bit too... A little bit too conservative on first and second down, enough at least to, to face a lot of third and sevens, third and 10, third and 11. And those will frequently be more difficult to convert. And maybe the fact that the Cowboys have such a high sample size of dropbacks on third down, and maybe if we looked at how long the average distance to go was, Maybe that could go a long way explaining why Dak Prescott was also checking the ball so much, which also is a pretty good segue for the next question that I would have for you. Do you think that blame is to chair or do you think this is something that's 100% on Dak Prescott? Because I would argue, I would argue that you could also blame or put some of the blame on, on Kellen Moore for such a high checkdown rate. And this is what I mean. How much did we complain throughout the season about the Cowboys running so many stop routes, for example, instead of using the speed of the receivers, their agility, throwing the football to them on the move. We saw so many stop routes on the Cowboys offensive game plans in 2021 and I don't know if that also has to do with, with a high checkdown rate. I would argue that it might be the case. How many screen passes did we not see also on, on that front? So I would say that you cannot look at that number and say, oh, that's 100% on Dak. I think the blame is to share with the offensive game plan in general. Toxic Tom says this starts with Kellen Moore and the Jones protecting him and his precious scheme. Hit them like for both, says I love weed. Says, so yeah, uh, do that, please. Hit the like button, share the stream. Cedric, thank you for sharing the content as always. Thank you for that. Good evening there. John Sullivan says, run plays that get stopped at the line of scrimmage. Also a, a big impact on however the Cowboys offense performs. Gregory says, Mo, if Dak used the play action fake, would open up the field so much. And we have seen that from, from the Cowboys. We have seen that when they use play action, it works a lot. And maybe they, they will go to play action in some 
specific situations, but I also would like to see that number increase because the Cowboys are pretty efficient when they use the play fake. Like Gregory is saying, the problem is not on the efficiency rate. The problem with that is in the usage rate for the Dallas Cowboys. Joe says Kellen Moore is to blame and Joe is checking in from Italy. Todd says, I agree. We need to sign a veteran wide receiver. And he suggests Will Fuller or Julio Jones. That would be a surprise to me if they do sign a player like that, though. Juan Fernandez says, Sick needs to get going. And, you know, the hope there has to be that we get to see a healthier Ezekiel Elliott. Because also, I want to see more of Tony Pollard. That's something that I want and pretty much 9 out of 10 Cowboys fans want to see in 2022. But also... We cannot ignore the fact that before the injury, Ezekiel Elliott was kind of killing it. But it all goes hand in hand. And over the first few weeks of the season, when Ezekiel Elliott was running the football at a very efficient rate, the Cowboys' pass offense was also working pretty well. And then everything collapsed in the second half, which remains the most concerning part about the entire Cowboys' 2021 campaign the fact that it worked at first and then it didn't work. And that screams coaching, maybe. But also, you don't want to exonerate players from their execution issues. James Washington was in a boot today, says Todd Cook. That's never a good thing. Tolbert also working to the side, not in a boot. Uh, James Washington did say that he would be ready for mandatory minicamp two weeks from now. So let's cross our fingers and, you know, Hope that he is not being optimistic on that front. But anyways, let's stick with the offense, but let's move on. PFF, and we'll stick with Pro Football Focus tonight because, you know, they had some good stuff on the Cowboys lately. They ranked wide receivers across the NFL on tiers. So they did tier two, tier one, tier four, uh, tier three. I don't know why why I didn't say them in order though, but I was surprised a little bit about how they ranked the soon-to-be Cowboys wide receiver one in CeeDee Lamb and how they ranked Amari Cooper, who has been the wide receiver one for the Cowboys over the past few years and now is a Cleveland Brown after, after he was traded for a fifth round draft pick. If I asked you, and I am asking you over there on Facebook and YouTube, Who's the better wide receiver keyword today between CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper? Not who's going to end up being the best wide receiver of the two. No, the question is, who is the best, the better wide receiver today between CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper? If you had to make the call, who would be your answer? Because the guys over at profootballfocus.com ranked CeeDee Lamb on tier two as one of the best receivers in the NFL, and I will read you the labels for each tier. Tier two was young talents that are on the cusp of tier one. And of course, in tier one, you had the best, best receivers in the NFL. And Cooper is down there at tier four, which says maybe not elite, but high quality pass catchers. So to you, who's the better wide receiver today? And a lot of people here, Working with controversy. Chalk says Cooper. Stephen White says City. Toxic Tom says Cooper easily. 
King Trail goes with Cooper. Uh, Mr. Spellman says Cooper is gone. That's, however, not the question there. Eminem says Cooper. Craig says Cooper by country mile, but still Bruno with Cooper and Gregory giving Lamb some support. So seems to me what like what? A 60-40 kind of response by you guys over at Facebook and, and YouTube. Feels to me like we're 60% Cooper and 40% CD Lamb. I will say, <laughs> Stephen White says Cooper is the enemy, so he sucks now. But <laughs> But you know, if we if, if we answer the question unbiasedly, I would say Cooper for now. Still, a big reason why the Cowboys decided to maybe bet on CeeDee Lamb is the fact that they're betting on the upside as well. And I think the label for tier two is pretty self-explanatory. Young talents on the cusp of tier one. CeeDee Lamb. Maybe have faith that he can break the wall and make it into tier one in two to three years. Whereas with Amari Cooper, maybe that opportunity was gone. Maybe we were at a point in which you thought Cooper is a high quality pass catcher, but it's, it was difficult to put him among the very best in the league. So that's where the bet comes from for the Cowboys. And of course, that happened a while ago but pretty surprised at the fact that there was so much difference between the two in the PFF rankings. Worth mentioning that Dak Prescott talked about CeeDee Lamb this morning on OTAs, and he is praising CeeDee Lamb as much as he can. So there is no question as to who is the number one guy in the Cowboys there because for, for a while there, we were having discussions on whether it was going to be CeeDee Lamb whether Michael Gallup could have a shot at claiming that he was the number one. And he said, and, and Dak Prescott was talking about this, and he said he's the guy talking about CeeDee Lamb here. Just being young, hopefully he's my receiver until I'm done playing, just being able to bring him closer and have more conversations. That was about CeeDee Lamb's locker being, being moved a few spots down the offseason to be directly adjacent to his own. And this is from Michael Gelkin over at the Dallas Morning News. Shout out to him. If you're not following him, you're doing Cowboys Twitter wrong, honestly. And CeeDee Lamb himself also was asked about stepping up for Amari Cooper. And he said, I've always been ready. And that's the competitive nature in CeeDee Lamb. And that's what he said. Makes a lot of sense for the Cowboys on that front. Hopefully, CeeDee Lamb is able, though, to make it into that Tier 1 because that's what the Cowboys want. Let's see. Gallup will not be ready to Week 8, says Craig. Now, to be fair, that's a speculation and nothing else. We really don't know. It's a possibility. We're expecting Michael Gallup to miss some games. But to be fair, saying that he will not be ready Week 8 is nothing but speculation. Or as we like to call it, fans with sources which I love. CD is the man, says Gilbert. Toxic Tom says, interesting. Wonder what the complaint is. I don't know what Toxic Tom was. Oh, yeah, about the trading cards with CD Lamb. I think it's something about CD Lamb signing, signing some cards beforehand. I, I really don't know. Uh, I, I have not followed that story closely, but I did know that he got in trouble with some autographed cards. 
hopefully that doesn't become any sort of big deal. Maybe a potential fine, I would guess. I don't think he's going to miss playing time for that, though. Oh, here it is. Adam says, City didn't autograph a certain number of cards. Yeah, let's wait on that and just see how it all plays out. City finally gave in, says Ryan Doyle. Nah, come on. King Trill says, I feel like this might be a throwaway season anyways based on their offseason moves. And yet, even though I see where King Trill is coming from, because, I mean, we've talked about it throughout the offseason. We've talked about the fact that the Cowboys moved on from Amari. The Cowboys moved on from Lyle Collins. And it's difficult to argue that they got better at any of those positions. And I, myself, I've talked about this potentially maybe being more of a setup season for 2023, paying some guys that you're going to need to pay. Maybe a potentially Trevon Diggs, for example, who was, who was recently put on the all-paid team from NFL.com among those players that are close to a big payday. And maybe the Cowboys are setting up for a 2024 offseason in which they will have a lot of players to pay. 2023, there's not a lot of priorities priorities there, but maybe the Cowboys want to get some stuff done starting in 2023, and maybe they want to clean up the cap space a little bit for that. And, and yet, the Cowboys are favored to win the NFC East because they're still a pretty good team, even if they took a step back. And they still have the best quarterback in the division, which makes them automatic favorites pretty much. So it's weird to, to label that Cowboys offense, right? Uh, yes, they will. Craig says, keeping Gallup was a huge mistake. Now, if we're talking about, you know, the Gallup decision tied to the Amari Cooper decision, I think that's a fair, that, that's a fair comment. Other than that, though, I do like Michael Gallup a lot. And I do believe that he can win in the NFL outside at a very consistent level. And that he has potential to be even a wide receiver one on some teams. On the Cowboys, of course, uh, he is wide receiver two. But I would say that it's a mistake if you consider it hand by hand with what happened with Amari Cooper. I would have much rather stuck with Coop is what I'm trying to say. But hey, what's done is done. And before we get out of here, ladies and gentlemen, let's do one cool thing. Every Wednesday night, we have this random kind of space in which we discuss a personal thing, a professional thing, a sports-related thing, non-sports-related thing, whatever you want it to be. What is your one cool thing of the week? Let me know in the Facebook chat, in the YouTube chat. In the meantime, let's see some of your comments here. Bruce says, Cowboys are still the best team in the division, even if the gap shrank. Uh, Quest Blake says, can we stop talking about Cooper, bro? Well, it was more about CeeDee Lamb. I don't think there's, I don't think that uh, every once in a while there's something wrong with talking about the Cowboys, one of the biggest offseason moves of the year. But I understand where Blake is coming from as well. What's your one cool thing of the week? Jason Renfro says, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series starts Friday. That's not cup on me. I'm not going to lie to you. That's not cup on me. I've been looking forward to it, uh, but I was not expecting that to be on Friday. The only series that I've been following closely has been uh, Better Call Soul. <laughs> but 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 hey, 
there's that. That's a one cool thing. Toxic Tom says, I am calling into Sky's show on Friday. Looking forward to that, Toxic Tom. Uh, is that your first call ever? I believe I read that somewhere that you were going to do that for the first time. So, hey, Toxic Tom's going to, to be calling there on Sky's show. So you tune in on Friday. Gregory says, Mookie Betts has come alive. He needed that. He needed that bat to, to, to lead on fire over there with the Dodgers. Let's see. What are some of your one cool things? My one cool thing of the week, and let, and let me shout out someone here. My girlfriend started her meta internship over there in Silicon Valley. She's kicking ass over there, and she's worked so hard for that. So shout out to her. Uh, I don't think she's watching, but if she is, shout out to her. Uh, she really deserves it. She really deserves that. She is badass, and she's over there in Silicon Valley with that internship, kicking ass and taking names. Toxic Tom says, for this show, yes, I've called it in on Sirius Radio. Adam says, 2021 NFL Prism FOTL releases tomorrow. What is that, Adam? What is that? I, I really don't know what that is. Help me out there. NFL, 2021 NFL Prism FOTL. I'm trying to Google it while I'm saying it. What is that? Are those like NFT cards or something like that? Or regular cards? Oh, yeah, they're Panini cards. Oh, that's nice. Trading cards. Cool. That is one cool thing. Uh, Ryan Dole says, one cool thing. I cleaned the Weber Carcool Grill to get it ready for the weekend. Says Ryan Dole. Going to be cooking burgers, hot dogs, baby back ribs. I want my baby back, baby back. Hey, the office. Uh, I don't know why I thought of that immediately. <laughs> Mo, have you been to the United States before? Yeah, plenty of times, actually. Uh, Todd says, I've heard Stephen Jones say maybe a couple of games, so two to three isn't December, says Todd Cook. I believe they're talking about Michael Gallup's health over there on the Facebook chat. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I will see you tomorrow night as we do every Sunday through Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central. This week has flown by, so I cannot wait to close things out for the week with you guys tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Do me a favor, smash the like button, share the stream. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas primetime. And hey, let's root for the maps. Let's root for the maps on this week because they, they need our help. They need our help. Anyways, you can also catch the podcast over at, over at Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts too. Primetime brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, and I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Thank you very much.